Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today we're going to talk about a challenging side of caring for others, Others who are at times acting out or acting aggressively towards you as the caregiver. Several recent studies have shown that caring for others provides resilience to the damaging effects of stress on the heart, for example. So, in general, caring for others is good for you. But there's also a dark side. This actually has a name. It's called caregiving or the caregiver syndrome or caregiver stress, which is a condition of exhaustion, anger, rage, guilt, that results from caring for a dependent or someone you work for who's acting aggressively towards you as the caregiver. In the U.S., about 66 million Americans are providing care to those who are ill or aged or disabled for an average of 39.2 hours per week. Caregiver syndrome is acute when caring for an individual with behavior difficulties. Typical symptoms of caregiver syndrome include fatigue, insomnia, stomach complaints, And also a common symptom is depression. Roughly about 70% of caregivers suffer from depression at some time or another due to the deterioration, both physically and mentally, of the caregivers. So health professionals have given this, this caregiver syndrome a name. Today you're going to get a chance to talk to an expert. Dr. Thomas Sebo. Our guest today is Dr. Thomas Sebo. Thomas is the Director of Research at the Development at the Easter Seals in Southern California. You can read more about Thomas and his work by clicking on his name on this week's Act Taking Hurt to Hope. Thomas, are you there? I am. Hi, well, Joanne. Welcome, Switch. I know it's very early morning there in California. It's 5.30. 5.30 in the morning. Well, you have a, the whole day in front of you. I'm, we're in the, here in the afternoon in Sweden. How is the weather there? Very foggy this morning. Beautiful, And I love fog. Fog brings my attention in very, very close into the immediate present. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, we actually have had almost no winters uh, this year here in Sweden. At the same time, in the United States, there's been a terrible winter up where, where I come from, the northeast. There has, and of course, I'm in Southern California where there is no winter ever, and it's t-shirt weather every day. That's incredible. I wonder what life must be like with that type of weather. <laughs> 
Thomas, uh, we're here. I'll let you know when I start living it. (laughs) Thomas, what got you interested in this area of uh, work organizations and applying ACT? Well, my first interest in doing this work in organizations came as a result of my seeing caregivers in human services feel bitterly disappointed by the people they serve because mm-hmm. just unable to provide good care. You know, workers come into this field expecting to help people with disabilities. And then the very people that they want to help hurt them. And sometimes the hurt is really quite deep and emotional. So I'm a behavior analyst. I do a lot of consulting in human service organizations that serve people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And many of the guys that we serve are super aggressive. They bite, kick, pinch, scream, or they engage in sexual misconduct. And if they're verbal, they can be really, really verbally offensive. So these might seem like bad behaviors uh, or non-productive behaviors to support staff. But for the guys who do these behaviors, the behaviors are really quite functional. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, like these kinds of aggression can get people who live in group homes who are not getting a lot of attention from staff people much more attention than they would get otherwise. And until we teach them other ways to get attention, aggression is left because we're kind of hardwired to engage in fight or flight responses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, um, so you mean like uh, even somebody who is engaging in things like headbanging and that um, if if the if you were thinking that this per, this person is trying to influence that their environment, that is a good thing. It's rather it's better to try to influence your environment than not to not do it. Yeah, I agree. I think that what what we sometimes don't see is how functional these behaviors are, and they and they really are efforts to gain control over their environment to get the things that they truly want. Now, if we can teach people to get the things that they really need in more socially acceptable ways, then we're helping them to be much more effective. But, you know, sometimes caregivers are experiencing very, very deep feelings of betrayal if people are sexually abusing them or biting them or kicking them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling betrayed, I, my feelings aren't going to cause me to disregard my training and offer instruction. But those tough feelings, like betrayal, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're kind of like you can imagine this. They become like a sock that's pulled over your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now imagine trying to be present and caring with someone who's being aggressive. When you've got a sock over your head. <laughs> that sounds pretty hard. <laughs> right? So my work is about helping staff people take the sock off their heads so that they can really be there for the guys they serve. Mm-hmm. That must, that's, this must be a particularly difficult job. Well, I mean, you know, I, like take this example, okay? Like imagine here's Jim, and he's a caregiver who really wants to help. Let's call her Julie. 
a young woman with retardation that he provides care for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jim sits with Julie one day on the couch in her home and he plays a game with her. And seemingly, out of the blue, Julie punches him in the jaw and she does it with a closed fist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we analyze this situation and we can see that Julie doesn't have verbal skills. Mm-hmm. So she, ha- she doesn't have a means to ask for the things that she wants. And in the past, after playing a quick game with her former staff person, they always went to the kitchen to get a snack. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim is the new staff person. He hasn't been told in advance about this routine, so he's just continuing to play with her on the couch. Rather than, and you know, and so after this, rather than changing his routine with Julie after this event, he's been punched in the face by her. And he's feeling betrayed and he's feeling scared. And so he manages those feelings by avoiding Julie altogether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't end there. And this is where it gets really tricky because you know how we we just build on what we know from the past and it extends into new situations that have nothing to do with the past situation. Mm-hmm. So now Jim is feeling empty. And he's feeling without any purpose at his job. So he starts looking for other work and he leaves the field of human services. And sure, he no longer feels betrayal at his new job where he's entering data at a law firm. But he feels more empty and more lost than ever. Well, that's a sad story, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you think that people who work in public services are real heroes. I think I, that yeah. they're often low, you know, not well paid, and and they're doing a, a, a heroic job. And uh, we, you absolutely need people uh, who are good in human services. And and I think we're losing them. We we really are losing them rapidly, and it's a very major problem in the field as a, in, in general. Mm-hmm. How, know, co- how common is this problem, do you think, in public services, Tom? I, I think it's very huge, and, and certainly there's been a lot of research attention on it recently. There um, been a number of articles that uh, I became we, – we published recently in the Journal of Rehabilitation Administration, and uh, I, I noticed several articles that, that dealt with this issue as well as in the uh, behavioral uh, journal called the Organizational Journal of Organizational Behavior Management. Um, what I saw was that staff turnover rates are very, very high. Some and some companies are reporting over 30% annual turnover. That exit interviews show are attributable to feelings and stress that don't go away with the typical self-care interventions mm-hmm. that employers want to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, some authors investigate stress uh, in developmental disability fields are reporting um, that these feelings of betrayal that I was talking about lead to unusually high numbers of people um, reporting unmanageable stress. Mm-hmm. And some people say that if they allow themselves to feel compassion for the people that they serve, I think they will be hurt. Mm-hmm. So is that what is that what's um, uh, f- people feel that if they are open and caring that um, they or they need to be on their guard in case they get a punch in the face? 
Isn't that sad? Like, if I don't feel anything for you, then you won't hurt me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the way mm -hmm. my mind kind of like goes with that. And I think that uh, that's what the literature is showing. People are, are kind of inoculating themselves against feelings of hurt by separating themselves from any feeling at all. Wow. What an important uh, issue you've come upon to work with, Thomas. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, I care deeply about this field, so it it troubles me when I think about it in these terms. So, so how would you define the problem now that you you've you 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 have a program for? Well, I focus on two things. One of them is that what I was just talking about when a caregiver puts a great deal of energy into avoiding human concern for those she cares for because it could bring up feelings of hurt and betrayal uh, in, in the acceptance and commitment world we call this experiential avoidance the avoidance mm -hmm. of internal experience mm -hmm. and the other problem that I, I focus on is when a worker is really caught up thoughts or emotions and acts on them automatically on autopilot Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all have automatic thoughts and emotions that come over us. Mm -hmm. we, you know, I really like this or I really can't stand that. But it's when we take the bait and get hooked by these first thoughts and emotions that we're in deep trouble. And typically we call this fusion mm -hmm. where I'm completely fused to my first automatic thoughts and mm -hmm. I don't examine them. Mm -hmm. So... That would be what we we often talk about opening up and becoming aware. What is a thought and what is reality? Mm hmm Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so tell me, Thomas, how what is the ACT approach to this? How would you, as an ACT trainer, approach this? Mm -hmm. Well, I work in groups. I typically don't do individual coaching and I don't do individual psychotherapy. What I have focused my career on is doing acceptance and commitment training in larger groups. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do when I'm working with a group in a workshop setting is that, and, and I'm focusing on caregiver resilience and flexibility, is I ask people to think of someone whose behavior is very deeply challenging to them. Mm -hmm. And then I think, ask them to think of a set of anchors or things about the person that when you think of that person, those things come up and they bring a deep sinking feeling to your gut. Mm -hmm. Sinking feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I go into a series of exercises that help to loosen the grip that this feeling has on the caregiver's behavior so that she can once again come to feelings of concern and compassion in her work, even when those feelings of betrayal or fear or anger are present. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 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 the uh, first thinking about what you you could say so the essence of what is difficult about the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so those serve as anchors, and, and I use those anchors as kind of refrains to come back to so that as we do exercises, it relates 
to the very challenging situations at work that can lead you to become separated from the people that you care for. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have an exercise like that that you could do with us? Yeah, you know, I wonder if we can, if, if, you know, if you can imagine yourself being in a workshop setting and if you can, mm-hmm. first of all, just kind of imagine somebody that you're, that you're really triggered by, mm-hmm. who does things that bring up feelings in your gut. You know, it may be that, you know, the instant you see this person, mm-hmm. there's something about their appearance or it may be that they smell a certain way, or maybe that they they do something and it has a certain sound, and whenever you hear that sound, you get that sinking feeling mm. in your gut. Okay, mm. and I just want you to have that present because I'll bring on that, I'll I'll touch on that as we go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what I do, one one of the things that I'll do is uh, I'll do some mindfulness exercises. Mm-hmm. And maybe what I ask people to do is to place both feet on the ground and get comfortable in your chair. And maybe if you could sit a little forward in your chair. Yeah. And you can close your eyes if that's comfortable or focus your eyes on one single spot in the room. And I want people to... Become mindful of your breathing and just notice your breath coming in and going out. And if you can follow me on a little journey. You know, there are there are days and there are days. Think back and vividly recall a rich, sweet memory about something you did right at work, something that made a difference. See how much you can recall about that day. Who was there? What was going on? What sensations did you pinpoint? Maybe there were particular sounds or images or smells that you can connect with. What were you feeling? What did other people say to you? What did you do that was so right for that moment? In what way did this make a difference to others or this organization? Now take a moment to consider what it is that matters to you that's exemplified in the action you engaged in. Of course, not all days are as sweet as the one you've just recalled. Over time, things change. Burnout happens. It happens to all of us. For the next few moments, I'd like to ask you, if you're willing, to get in touch with an area of your work 
that has you feeling spent, dried up, and just done. What important areas of your working life have you given up on or have you missed out on? Where have you stopped trying? In what direction did you have the intention of traveling that you never actually began? Or did you begin and find was just too hard? Where in your body do you experience the loss? Maybe there's a weight on your shoulders. Maybe a dull throbbing in your feet. What's it like to move your legs when you're feeling that kind of loss? Is there exhaustion? If there's disappointment, where do you feel that? I'd like you now again to become present to the sounds and sensations of this room right here, right now. Return your focus to your own breathing. And now I'd like you to step inside another time machine. Mm -hmm. This time... You're now 10 years old. You're wearing those funny shoes you used to wear and you're riding around on your bicycle. See if you can hear the clink of the old bicycle chain. You've just come in from a ride and you enter your childhood bedroom. On the bed is you, the current you, all your experiences and know-how and wisdom. The young you sits down, and the older you begins telling the story of how this caregiving gig came about, what it is, and what it might become. What would you want this child to know about what sits at the core? What is the iron strong within you that you vibrate to as a service provider? Think of what you say to this little boy, this younger version of you, in terms of directions, ongoing actions, qualities of being in your professional work. Now, one final activity. In the same centered space, imagine yourself sitting with a difficult individual that you serve or colleague that you work with that you've selected to focus on. Cue up the anchors for this person and see him or her vividly in your imagination. Imagine it's your planned termination session. Either they're moving on or you are. What would you be thinking? What might you say? What would you do during this last session to make it have special meaning? As an ideal termination session, 
and given the kind of impact you want to have in the world, what would it be like for you? And when you're ready, once again, bring your attention back to the room. So, Joanne, what I was just doing in that exercise was a bit of perspective taking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to give you a sense of how vitally important that is, you know, imagine this. Suppose you're driving along on a work day and you're just a little on the late side getting into the house that you work at. Yeah. Yeah, you're not speeding, but you're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And as as your as your attention is focused on the car in front of you, you don't see that a car behind you is coming really close to hitting you. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. He bumps you from behind. You know, and as though that wasn't enough, he does it again. This time, a little harder. Mm-hmm. You're beginning to see red now. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> What the bleep is he thinking? How did I do? What did I do to deserve this? You know, he's going to pay for this. He's gonna, <laughs> he's doing this to get me for some reason. <laughs> so, you know, you pull over, right? And you storm over to his car. And then you find him slumped over his steering wheel. Mm-hmm. He had had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like me, you assumed that the other driver's behavior was intentional. Yeah. Your mind just jumped to that conclusion and gave no consideration to the possible external or situational causes of this person's behavior. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of perceptual tunnel vision that we all kind of slip into very, very automatically. And it takes, it just takes a great deal of effort to get beyond it and to gain perspective. Right. We tend to stereotype. We're looking for very simple causes of behavior. And we get so sucked into the first Mm. thing that our mind gives us. Yeah. And as soon as we think we get this stereotype cause, then we start looking for a solution to that, that simple cause we've given it, which brings us way off track. And sometimes our solutions are not very good solutions. No, they're usually what gets us into trouble. Exactly. But if you think about perspective as kind mm. of like, if you can think of perspective as a, as a summit that we can stand on for a brief moment before, you know, hiking off a mountaintop, mm. then you can see that perspective is something that takes a lot of effort to get to, yet to climb that mountain. Yeah, that was a wonderful exercise, uh, Thomas. I I really Thank really you. liked it. I think I, for for our radio listeners who are you know working maybe in public service or it really doesn't matter working with people in any way to stand back and think about the the meaning of of uh, why I wanted to do this to start with must be very important to connect to uh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I think I think some of the things that a caregiver or heck anybody can learn to do that could be very very meaningful is to kind of think about like gaining perspective as being uh, an effortful task, like climbing a mountain. And yet, you know, if you do this, maybe it's worth the effort. Like, is doing your absolute best work 
worth the climb. Yes, would you know, Tom? So I was going to. We've come to the end of the program. I was going to ask you what what advice would you give our radio listeners uh, who may be working in public service or maybe you know just working with people in general and have challenging clients sometimes. You know, the exercise that I just did with you is is something that you can very rapidly do with yourself just by kind of bringing yourself into the present moment, noticing what it feels like in your feet, what it feels like in your chest, and thinking of what is really important to you, and thinking about zooming out from the present moment and seeing the bigger picture of your life and what you want it to be about. Then it's possible to step back into the moment and take action in a way that matters to you in a direction that you really want to be traveling in. Does that help? That does. I was thinking of the last words you said in the exercises when you said uh, thinking that actually each meeting that you have, thinking about how you want to impact it. Yeah. What kind of uh, psychological <laughs> footprints do you want to leave behind you? Nice, yeah. Thank you so much for being on our program today, Thomas. Absolutely. Joanna, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Dr. Thomas Zebo. Thomas is the Director of Research and Development at Easter Seals in Southern California. So read more about Thomas and his work on his website, which you can get to by clicking on his name on this week's act, Taking Hurt to Hope. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne and her work, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website icon in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. Joanne's books are available through Amazon.com, including her two latest, The Diet Trap, Feed Your Psychological Needs, and End the Weight Loss Struggle Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, and ACT and RFT in Relationships, Helping Clients Deepen Intimacy and Maintain Healthy Commitments Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy and Rational Frame Theory. Amazon also carries her books on chronic pain and other topics. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT. Taking Hurt to Hope.